0: Whose podcast is this? so um, the episode that you guys are about to click and listen to well, first of all, happy let me think about this for a second. I feel away on the tradition of Thanksgiving, which is what we 've all accustomed to know this as, but I guess we could say that for another episode, the mental health of the Native Americans dealing with the pilgrims. But long story short, it's a beautiful, glorious day today. It's Thursday. It is a holiday. And if you're celebrating with friends, family, or if you're by yourself, we have a special episode for you today on Thanksgiving. Family Affairs Part 2. Part 1. Excuse me. Part 1. It's a two-part series. Uh, but this is Part 1. That's about the play. i with my guest, Julian vessa educator... Uh, music producer, father, husband, son, brother, the whole 9 yards, cousin, friend, new water. Shout out to New Water. All right, let's get into this. Julian. Yeah,
1: Lex. Yeah. What's going on? So go just little... so you
0: know, just so you know, the mm-hmm. the recording has started. Okay. Um shout out to the uh Hold on a second. Let me just hit record on this backup recorder. Um, shout out to you. Thank you for being here today.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate you. Shout out to you. Um, it's, it's my honor, my humble honor to be here and, and be able to build and add on and, and, and to communicate and share. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. So let me do this intro real quick. Um, first and foremost, whose podcast is this? This is your girl. Alexis, I'm actually a grown woman, but we're going to keep it cute. So, this is your girl, Alexis. This is Whose Podcast Is This? Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Our last episode was political. This episode, we're going to take it right back to um, full wellness circle. I have a guest on today, someone that I've known for decades, Mm -hmm. really smart, educated black man. Shout out to New Order. Shout Absolutely. out to uh all the historical black colleges. H B
1: VSU. S U. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Shout out, shout out to everybody getting their education on. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we will get right into this show because this show today is going to be about um this show this week though is about mental health, as we always talk about wellness and well being. Um, but as it pertains to family, as it pertains to our individual development. Uh, within a family unit and what tools do we need sometimes that we may have to learn or unlearn to get to a nice centered place of happiness and joy Um, because we can all create our own happiness with the choices that we make and sometimes those choices are hard choices to make but are necessary to be done so whose podcast is this this is episode 5 Okay. Family is a topic. Family and well being, mental health. Okay. I, my guest today is the one and only. And are we doing government names? You, you like, you want me to say your. Go- I don't, I don't, they don't know my last name.
1: Man, you, you can, know. listen, I'm trying to tell you. I, I am who I am. So we can share whatever we want to share. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's Julian Vespa. That's what you heard. Um. You know, Jay Ski, we're gonna go back to the nineties. I' if you wanna address me, that that's me, you know.
0: That's you. Thank you for being here.
1: No, thank you.
0: So like I've had on the season one, I had um Anthony on. You know who Anthony is. We all went to high school together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, that's
0: the basis of this relationship is 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 high school and we're mm-hmm. grown we're grown folk now. We got mm-hmm. families and whatnot. Um mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of growth and development in between that time, right? So um, for those that are not familiar with the show, what what the basis of what this show is about is bringing people on, or if I'm just on by myself, but creating a space where we can just share things that people don't really normally talk about so comfortably out loud, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, when I was... After I did the last episode, I, you know, I've always wanted to talk to you. You and I have always had some really amazing conversations, really long, deep conversations. Shout out! Shout out to Brooklyn. Um,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Shout out,
0: shout out! What what was that street? What's that avenue? Mason.
1: Which my block?
0: What was the block he was on?
1: My block is 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 New York. Is New York, New Ave. York Ave. That's what they played. No- no Nostrav right there, you know, ny rock, ny, n a rock all day, you know. So, um, What's yeah. The tournament Brooklyn... they
0: played across the street from your crib.
1: Oh, yes. You talking about? i soul in a hole. Soul in the hole. Soul soul in the in the hole. hole. Shout out. Soul to... in the hole. Absolutely. So shout out to New York. Shout out to New York City basketball. That classic, legendary.
0: Legendary. If he wasn't mm-hmm. there, he wasn't there. Right. He wasn't there. <laughs> but um. Listen, I mean, imagine we had the podcast then, right? Like when I would go over and listen to your music and we would just build. Um, Forget about it. We would have been 20 mm-hmm. seasons in by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, today, you know, when I say today, I don't mean this moment. I just really mean this time. You know, it's 2020 and a lot has gone on. and uh, Much to everyone's surprise. Um, but it's changed dynamics, right? And so... Mm-hmm as we sit home, quarantine, we're with our families. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I, as I've done before in previous episodes, this season, I I want to send light and love to the children who are, who are in families and situations that are not the most healthiest, you know, Mm -hmm. because you need the strength to be there. And with, school has been an outlet for a lot of people to be able to Mm -hmm. just get out and to just Mm -hmm. take their minds off of the the, the terrible things that may they they may experience at home and not having that outlet is definitely stressful to people so as much positivity as i can see in 2020 and i feel doesn't mean that every day for me personally was necessarily the best right but Mm -hmm. um so everyone is not capable of getting through some of those strong points. But I want to touch on with you um, the sort of the personal development within the family unit, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping your identity and working on self while you are part of a family unit and the importance of being honest with yourself and with all of us being honest with ourselves and, and what do we need to tweak and fix and work on Cause we've had nothing but time in our hands now without any distractions. Sure. If you had your TV on, you had your TV on, but for the most part, a lot of people weren't really commuting and doing the things that they normally used to doing to distract themselves from their own personal issues. So um, I asked you to come on the show because you're someone who is insightful and uh, you, you were a school teacher. I mean, I think forever you're a teacher Right, mm-hmm. but from the, the the more technical board of ed type of or Department of Education, as it changed the way you've seen a lot of families and a lot of family dynamics. You have your own, you 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 know, you created your mm-hmm. own, and then you come from a family. So, w- my first question to you would be, what is the, what is maybe one, if not the top three lessons you've learned about 2020 as it pertains to yourself? and family. And if you want to separate that and just say, well, my top three for family is this and my top three for family is that, that's cool too. But would you like to share with the people what you've learned?
1: Absolutely. Um, just a couple of things actually in, in beyond 2020, you know, and, and, you know, I think we can kind of, you know, that's where we are now, but it doesn't kind of, at least for me, it doesn't start there, you know, and, I, and just listening to your introduction and listening to your question it brought me to a lot of different places, and um, the first place it brought me to was just my, you know, my initial family, right, or the family right. that I was born into, right, and right. that relationship or or like that development, you know, and just you know to give a little bit of context, um, you know, from Brooklyn, New York, like we like we stated, but I moved to you know the Washington D.C. area. You know, and moving, moving to a different place or moving four hours away, it, you know, it changes the dynamics of your family, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was, that was sort of the, you know, the first change that I had to go through as a, as a man in order to, you know, bring my own family together, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I could say is that, um, with the dynamics from my, you know, my mother, my father, my brother, um, I was ready to grow and I was ready to move on, you know, and I, I think I, I could have never done that if I was still dealing with any form of um, issues or trauma from, you know, from that family experience, you know, right. and I'll tell you, in, uh, you know, I, I, I'll give you this story in terms of with that family and how I was able to, to, to move past any trauma was i read this book right i really i got to a point where i was really i was just super depressed right i was super Mm -hmm. depressed um like you know things were not going the way that i thought they should be going right and i really needed to like stop and figure out what's not working to be able to move forward right so i read this book and this actually was a doctor a Dr. Phil book. I think it was called like Self Love, I believe. And long story short, one of the exercises in the book, it tells you, you know, it kind of helps you to, you know, defining moments in your life and identify those moments and to, you know, address the people, you know, in terms of writing a letter or speaking to them or you know, doing whatever it would take to, to, you know, work past that experience. And so long story short, I took about a week it took me about a week right that's all i did was you know i i i i, I read and i wrote right because it, it was a lot of journaling a lot of writing to you know identify those feelings and and go back to you know go back to those moments right those defining moments and so long story short i got to the point where you know and it was it was more so my father you know more than my mother because you know me and my mother always had a great relationship and were able to communicate and she encouraged you know my brother and I to to communicate. So it was more so with my father where I really got to a point where I wrote him this letter and I was able to um to read it to him right and mm-hmm. I was able to share it with him in terms of you know I really forgave him for you know for everything for any for any experience from my childhood that I you know. I did not understand it or I did not, you know, view it as love. I was able to forgive him and move on and to be able to say, you know what? I love you just for being a a person, for being Mm. another spirit, another soul, opposed to having expectations that you're my father and you're supposed to do this. So you're supposed Mm. to um, communicate like this. So you're supposed to show love like that. Well, So for me, that was really the first obstacle I had to get past was, you know, really forgiving my father, you know, for 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 all of the negative things or all of the bad things that I told myself, you know? Totally. And, and so, you know, that, that being the first piece of it, right? So, next, you know, moving, you know, like I said, to D.C. and starting my own family, right? And it it really allowed me to be grateful for my father you know cuz not until i walked into his shoes and i was you know the man of the house i really couldn't understand his perspective you know mm. and honestly the relationship with my father has gotten better since you know i was able to you know grow and 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 you know, start my own family because I understood them, you know? Right. And so, just with my own family, I had to recognize that a lot of the the trauma that um, I have or had, it comes, you know, I, I came down with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and my family, we, you know, in terms of how we communicate, we yell at each other. Like, that's very normal. Like, mm-hmm. we we talk over each other opposed to like talking to each other you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. so that was the that was probably the first um example that i recognized that at least for me something was not right because anytime we would get to a disagreement i would elevate my voice right i would you know get to this level that was familiar to me you know in Mm -hmm. terms of this is how we communicate so in essence i didn't feel like i was you know out of pocket or or doing anything you know incorrect because that was that was a normal occurrence you know and so only it got to the point where it got to the point where I had to really i had to really check that and i had to really correct that and i had to really seek help to to figure out you know what is that you know and and where does this come from and how to resolve it and and how to you know identify it, you know, and how to deal with it, you know, and so that was probably like the second um the second the second um change for me was seeking you know like individual therapy right and going yeah. and being able to talk to a therapist and and just like put it all out on the table, you know what I'm saying, and be able to to get a a a a you know someone that's not connected to me right and there's yeah. someone that that's uh you know a professional listener someone right. that's there to to hear and you know ask you questions and and you know make you think critically about the decisions and the choices that you're making you know and so for me that was that was that was key in recognizing that you know you know i might be part of the problem you know mm. and the things that i've learned Those are the problem, you know, and for this situation and for this um, family to work, I can't bring what I've learned, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I have to learn something new, I have to get some new tools, I got to get some different ways on how to communicate, right, and how to deal with um, um, other people, right, to be able to have um, peace, here right yeah. peace at home you know and everybody being on the same page right so for me that was you know that was a, that was a a a a a place that i had to come to in order to have any chance at having a, a you know a happy family or 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 finding a sense of of peace you know within the confines of of home you know and i would say the third um change in terms of with family is was really seeking like couples therapy, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, it's it's one thing to do something on your own, and it's a whole different thing to do it together, you know. Right. And um, you know, we we really got to the point where we we both needed the tools and the resources to be able to work together, and to you know to to understand it, to have compassion for each other um um because of the past trauma you know and to 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 start having uncomfortable conversations about how we grew up and what we learned and what we walked away and what we took away from you know and so to do it individually is one thing and to do that collectively like that's a, a whole nother humbling experience because it's like it's like being on a team right yeah it's like you playing basketball you, you're one person but you got four other people that you have to depend on right so it's that that same kind of complexity where you have somebody else where you you know you you're, you need them there to hold you accountable and vice versa you know so I would say those are the, the three biggest changes that me personally that I went through in order to you know, grow in a family structure, you know, to, 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 like I said, to find a a sense of happiness, to find a sense of peace.
0: Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Um, And I know, you know, I have, like I said, had Tony on last season and he talked about his journey and also about, he talked a little bit more too about like the taboo of therapy because you mentioned therapy. And as you're talking, I'm, I'm sitting here and, you know, part of one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was to, you know, normalize having these type of conversations because America is built on off of trauma. And it's become so a part of our culture that we normalize things that are very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is saying, well, this is who I am, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting comfortable with saying, well, this is who I am. And, and, and that being something that pushes people away, so... Um, sometimes not even consciously, right? Because you're mm-hmm. so caught up in who I am and this is who I am. And one thing I learned in studying Eastern medicine is like you, that is not who you are. You know, you, a lot of the stuff that we have is developed off of mm-hmm. something else. And the one thing that was interesting about the classes that I took and everyone, the people who listen often know, I always mention Swedish, right? Because it's just like, how could you, you can't really go through a program like that without it being a huge part of your life and why you understand things a little bit better. And as I was sharing with you before we started recording, um, so my step, my my biological father was killed. And one of the things that is like, the, the, the still to this day, which is a little fuzzy, is the series of events of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I had a mentor that told me, um, don't ask any questions, you know, because a lot of times you would be, you don't really want to know the answer. You think you do, but you don't really want to know. Mm. Um, but you also have to understand like what's important to know. But the thing about it is, is that every family is holding a secret. And so those secrets end up changing for lack of a better word the DNA of how you, you do communicate with everyone else Mm -hmm. in your family, right? Because you're hiding something. So there's always, Mm -hmm. there's a defensiveness to something. And Mm -hmm. I think that therapy is helpful, no matter what race you are. Unfortunately, in our community, it's not necessarily as open. Um, But people do have, black people do go to therapy, right? But it's not, it's not as spoken out loud. Uh, about it like i said for me swedish was my therapy and i learned what was mine and maybe what was my mom's or my grandma's right because it's a generational thing as a woman um and like you said that uh, you being a male and connecting with your dad and understanding when you finally got in a position to lead your family what some challenges may be and i think mm-hmm. that that's really dope because the one thing that i think happens with children as they're growing into being an adult is You have a certain idea of who your parent is, not at all, because kids don't have the capacity to actually think about other people in the sense. Well, what is that parent's experience? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've I've talked to people who have like really strong animosity towards a parent, and my education has taught me that that's really just their pain and their hurt. You know, like
1: Mm -hmm. you can
0: condemn your mom all you want, you can condemn your dad all you want, but let's take more consideration to the fact that they are people before they're really your parent.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: we sometimes misunderstand what they have gone through. And so I, I bring it up to say my mom, 18 years old, engaged to my father, he gets killed four weeks before I'm born. And she doesn't get to grieve it. She Mm -hmm. doesn't get therapy for it. You know, my grandmother rushes her into just living and continuing her life. Mm-hmm. And, but in that moment, you you don't have the wherewithal to say, why are you rushing me to get over this? Mm-hmm. What is your uncomfortability with this moment that I need to grieve? Mm-hmm. What is it that you, right? And none of that is a bad thing to explore. So it's very interesting because some families make it very taboo to be transparent mm-hmm. um and a lot of times it's really just a safe space because it's a, it's a matter of how someone approaches it and like you said i think that's really dope that you wrote you wrote a letter you know i think i may have suggested that to a friend of mine like hey you know you may not be doing great with your pa- with your you know with your parent but at least write down how you feel about it you know mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you can at least get that out if you never read it to them at least you got it out but it's still the process to moving towards um, developing better habits for all of our relationships. And I think that was really important is, is what you said about going to an individual therapist first and sorting out your stuff and then seeing how that dynamic plays with the person that you're with. And then being very grateful that, someone else that you're that you've chosen to be with someone who is also willing to work and make things better, right? Because they mm-hmm. don't like where they are, but they're willing to work towards it. A lot of times people don't like from from the reality of things. So um pardon me, that was an alarm. Sorry guys. <laughs> um oh, sorry. It wasn't right? an alarm so... for any any good reason. I'm still trying to figure out why that went off just now. But maybe maybe it was the universe <laughs> saying gotcha confirmation you know when when someone agrees with you it was probably the, it was universal yeah. but um yeah those dynamics of making it comfortable to mm-hmm. so sort of, it's sort of like you can't be embarrassed right because no one's really watching and sometimes right, that it's, it's right. like this invisible embarrassment of you need extra help somewhere. And it's like, but in the grand scheme of things, as much as we would... L- so everyone is always watching. We know this, right? They may not mm-hmm. always talk, but they're always watching. They're always listening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but r- r- really nobody actually is paying attention. So you could get away with dipping away from your environment and going to see a therapist. And no one ever would have to know that you did that. And I, I, I'm i putting that out there for anyone who's on the fence with should they fix their ish, right? Like, if 2020 mm-hmm. un- is... And you're so correct because it's way before 2020. 2020 just really puts a stop on everything in the physical form. And now you have to sit and mm-hmm. actually deal with it. And I know for a lot of people that was hard because... um. And not to go off to topic too much, but we have to be a little bit more transparent with the fact that everybody is not who you think they are. So I say that to say Mm -hmm. um, there are some real demons on this planet. There are some real evil people on this planet, and they've had a hard time sitting down and being quiet because now the demons are talking to them. Um, I I remember this kid said to me, uh, meditating is evil. And I said, "Sure, if you're the devil, because you're you're going to be talking to yourself."
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's inside right, you, right? Know?
0: But you know, to to, mm-hmm. to people listening, you can rewrite your 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 reality. Um, you, mm-hmm. you can create healthy boundaries. For family, right? Because not everybody is going to be really willing to grow. Some people may be jealous of your growth. Some, may, you know, because some people have are not really built with the tools to understand that. Like everything that you possess is actually inside of you. You may not be a mm-hmm. really good artist, Absolutely. but all of us are artists. You know, all of us are creators, and mm-hmm. so you can constantly create your reality. Oddly enough, people do understand that, but they understand it from a negative position. So instead of getting the help,
1: mm-hmm. what
0: they do is they create another false sense of something instead of just mm-hmm. creating the the space to get to get, you know, to get healthy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with that said, though, um, if you don't mind sharing, you know, it could be one of two things. What was that thing that w- now you're in your own family unit? You're in D.C. now and, you know, you're raising a young male. Um what was that ah mm-hmm. this must have been it or that's what that was like what was that aha moment for you where you realized you have to not only did you express yourself so your dad could just hear you out but you you finally made a connection to what he may have had challenges with
1: mhm um well i'm i it, it actually that started okay. with my mom Right? And that that's that actually started with my mom. Because like I said, I had a great relationship mm-hmm. with my mother. And one of the things, or one of the reasons I had a great relationship with my mother is my mother always encouraged my brother and I to to share how wow. we were feeling. Okay. Right? And it was, never, it was never an environment with her to say, you know, I don't want to hear that or you know what I'm saying, that's disrespectful or you're talking back. It was always an environment where she encouraged us to to share, right? What was in what was inside of us. So she knew what was inside of us. So she can be- she can best help us, you know what I'm saying? With any um, you know, any tools or resources that can that can help us. You know? And I think one of the things and just, you know, to speak with my mother, my mother, she was my mother, she, she was she felt as she was like she was abandoned when she was a child, right? She's from Montserrat, she's from the West Indies. Her parents came to America to, you know, like, provide a better life, you know? So in the the midst of them doing that, she was left behind with, you know, with, you know, family members that she didn't necessarily necessarily feel like they, you know, cared for her or wanted her there, right? So she had a sense of abandonment when she was a child. So in her trauma, she, you know, seek to fix Mm. that with us in terms of making sure that we were always heard and, whatever we said was communicated, what we what felt blessing. was communicated. You know? So that was absolutely, right? So it a, it actually started with her. And as, you know, we got older, as my brother and, and, and me got older, she started to throw us little little books, mm. right? She started to throw little, you know, um, tools and resources for us that we can start to use to help to grow and to heal, right? Because I think at a certain level, she you know, she was on her own um, growth and development, you know, later on in her life. And I think when she realized something worked for her, she did the best that she can do to pass it on to, to us. You know, and a lot of times, you know, you know, when somebody gives you something, you might mm-hmm. not be ready for it. And a lot of times I wasn't ready for it, you know? And just now as like a grown man, it's stuff that my mother threw me when I was a teenager. I'm finally getting to it. I'm finally, you know, understanding you know where right. she was at then, you know. So I think that also um, helped me get to this point. You know, because like I said, how I really found enlightenment was like I through a book, and her throwing me books and her, you know, me seeing her go through the process, it, it it encouraged me to go through the process as well. Yeah, you know. So I would say that's that's the first thing in terms of like just being. Um, you know, being able to communicate and being transparent. And the next part, like you said, in terms of like how did I um, you know, see that now, where it's it's really the same thing where I, I really encourage my son to communicate. He's a great talker. Like that's the first thing. Like he can he can sell ice <laughs> to an Eskimo, right? He's a great talker, right. like just like his mother. And and you know, encouraging him to use that. And encouraging him to share you know what is it that he's going through or what is what is it that he's feeling you know and a lot of the things um in terms of like teaching you know students in a classroom, like I've really seen right. it all you know in terms of every you know different type of child where a child that's you know fulfilled and enriched and and children that are not you know that are not necessarily receiving anything from their support system, so for me. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a copy and paste mm-hmm. kind of guy, right? I'm a copy and paste. Let's, let me figure out what mm-hmm. works. Right. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to imply that I'm going to put that into, into what I'm doing, you know? And I really, you know, like, so it's really no, no secret to that, you know, in terms of my my highest producing children in terms of act academically or athletically or emotionally is really just seeing you know what cut, what cloth they're cut from, and 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 how are they enriching? You know how are their parents enriching their lives or those experiences, and really just taking that, taking those things, and putting those things into place. You know, so it's really not no secret in terms of finding, you know, like the call it the you know the best practices, finding best practices and applying those practices. Yeah. You know, so it's really not. You know, I can't even necessarily take credit for it but it's you know i guess i could take the credit for, for right. stealing it or 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 <laughs> accessing it and and being able to to apply it on a consistent totally. basis you know so so definitely like you know communication and and having you know that um having that you know um up front you know definitely being able to communicate in, in in an environment in which you know we we all can share you know and and just in terms of having family meetings where it's a, a designated time where, you know, if there is a problem, we're going to communicate it, you know, we're going to share it, you know, and and being intentional in, in terms of running running your family right. like a business, right? And in terms of people will put all their energy into, you know, um, creating a business or running a business or being a worker for somebody else, but won't put that same energy into their own family, their own legacy, you know, and, and how I look at it, like family is the first business. So you, your family can't or your business can't flourish if your family is not, you know, on the on the right on the same page, you know, on the on the right path to going in the same direction. So even though it's it's a c it's a constant journey and now, you know, embarking on a teenage years, Whoa. it's like the game changes every couple of years, you know. So I, I would be lying to say right, I have it right. figured out because in six months, right. it's going to change. It's going to be something totally different that, you know, that we're going to encounter. But like I said, and, and, and definitely, um, Davina, she's great with community. Because like I said, she's a talker as well. So, you know, just figuring out that's the best part of, you know, a family is being able to talk mm-hmm. to each other ex- instead of talking over each other. Each other yeah. You know, yeah. exactly, exactly. And it's it's funny because when my family comes and they come visit, it's it's the loudest shit you ever heard because we we're talking at adi- we're talking over each other, and it's funny because like I st- I can still do that, so I can still like if you want to, if I gotta yell over you to to to, to interject my point, right. I can still do that. But it feels it feels so funny after they leave and having to bring it back down to, you no, know, we're gonna have a conversation <laughs> opposed to you know we're gonna we're going to turn up, you know. No, so. that's
0: real. That's real. I and it's funny because um so for those that know me personally, um my they know that my mom and I are really close. And um but a lot mm-hmm. of people um just in general don't understand how that actually works. You don't get to mm-hmm. see how close my mom and I are and walk away without having to understand that that takes work. That's not, you know, you're talking about living with someone. I essentially grew up with my mom. So, you know, Mm. My mom never mistaken me for a friend. She always kept things in proper order because I mean at the end of the day, my grandmother mm-hmm. was a school teacher and so she's an educator. So there are gonna be things that are done a certain mm-hmm. way. Um and then my mom took parenting classes. So here she was someone with mm-hmm. this tragedy and having this child to raise, but she was blessed enough to through working and being a social worker, um, not only taking parenting classes, shout out to Methodist Hospital, Park Slope. Um, Mm -hmm. not only taking uh, and and the people that worked there you know and being and how helpful they were for this teenage you know parent she was then able Mm -hmm. to hold her own through the city hold her own seminars for teenage Mm -hmm. parents and helping them understand what Mm -hmm. it is to be a parent and one of the things my mom one of the things my mom would always say is that parents don't come with instructions you know so it's Mm -hmm. not like you know what you're doing and then Because my mom treated me so well, I grew up with a false understanding of what goes on in other families, which Mm -hmm. is a gift and a curse, because I kind of was a little naive to, and and just to share the story real quick, like, I remember, and you know my neighborhood, so I remember, like, my homegirls lived down the street from me, and one of them's uh, parent was on drugs, and they didn't live so far away from us, right? So they lived down the street from me and then her mom didn't live but so far from, down from us. So one day I went over and I never actually shared a story out loud. I went to, with her to um, visit her mom. And i never really forget it because it was something I've never seen in my life. So there was a garage attached to their apartment, but they were the only tenants in this apartment building and there was no lights, but so it's the middle of the day and it's pitch black, and in in, you know, because there's no light even coming in through the door so that you can see your way up the steps. So I remember walking up these dark steps, and then we finally opened the door, and it's like, ah! it was just like all this light. The whole apartment is lit with sunlight. Um, but it, it blew my mind because the first thing I saw when I opened the door was these large graffiti letters on the wall. So I'm like, what the mm. hell am I about to walk into? Like this is, and as I continue to walk in, it's there's garbage everywhere, and this one has dirty diapers, and that one has dirty drawers, and yo, they literally had their names, the kids had their names spray printed from the floor to the ceiling, in graffiti. <laughs> you don't see that mm. anywhere, like especially not a living room, right? No, so that's the clubhouse I'm like, where am I? You know, like and what is this? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And who lives like this? And what's this? What's going on? And so, this is a Park Slope. But it's not to say that people in Park Slope weren't on drugs. It's just like in the 80s, it's not like I'm living in Bed-Stuy. You know? So, so it's not the norm, okay? Like, I'm used to being Mm. with the kids on 7th Avenue and they live in the Brownstones and their bathroom is the size of my bedroom type of thing. So, to see this was very like, oh, snap. And that's when I learned that It's not so much that so one part of it is your parents don't come with instructions, but that's when I realized that I'm I'm wanted. So I think that my mom Mm -hmm. wanting to continue to grow with me in a healthy way comes from the fact that she wanted me from the beginning. And I'm not Mm. at all alluding to the fact that my friend's mom didn't want her or any of her children that she has. What I'm trying to say is, is that I had at that moment realized that kids are made by accident. (laughs) And and Mm. those accidents um, sometimes turn into blessings and sometimes it turns into a continuously, you know, stressful situation for everyone involved, because it's like, I really don't want you, you know, and I but I got to take care of you. And so that turns into Mm -hmm. well, how do I, how do I develop you? Or how do I, how do I, how do we grow as a family? If I really don't want to be engaged here and I don't really want to be here. And I think we don't really take that into consideration as children. And we definitely don't take Mm -hmm. it into consideration when we are getting older, you know, this kid was made by accident, but they're still going to go through. Well, Well, that affects how the child is actually taken care of, you know, like, how it's neglected or not neglected. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big eye-opener for me, but I would have to say, God rest his soul, my stepfather, Bruce, he was the guy that helped our relationship because this goes back Mm -hmm. to now family dynamics. Uh, When you have a teenager in the house and you have a teenage girl, a lot of things happen. And a lot of it is hormonal. And so, you know, the Holy Trinity is mother and father and child. And so the dad does create Mm -hmm. a a sense of balance in the house. Not all dads. Okay. Because I don't, one thing that I want to move away from in general is I want to normalize us not generalizing, whether it's negative Mm -hmm. or perceived positive. So I say that to say Mm -hmm. not, I had also learned through other friends that you could have a dad in the house and he's completely useless (laughs) so, you know, there's all those dynamics. But for us and for me and my mom and my mom and I, it was more about like our personalities. Right. And I'm someone who doesn't like drama. So where my mom might get crazy with me because I didn't clean the room or I won't iron my pants or whatever the case may be that she feels she has to get crazy over. It's me just being quiet. (laughs) Right. Because it's like we we both can't fight fire, fire with fire. Right. Like so just having that mm-hmm. understanding of like that part. But I can totally relate. Yeah, I can totally relate to that talking over each other, you know, that cutting each other off to get your point across. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and it's like it's so interesting because it really stems from feeling like you're not being heard. And I guess the, mm-hmm. the only way to go about that is when someone is speaking to you is not to anticipate to say something back, but to say, okay, I hear that. And then maybe perceive what you have to say, right? Because sometimes people just want Mm -hmm. to feel like they're being heard. Um, And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I've learned in my relationship and um, the family that I'm, I'm, I'm building, right, is where in my apartment, I would scream from my kitchen out to my mom, who's all the way back in the back of the house, that's not normal.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. it's
0: it's so amazing what you learn. That's not. And and so some people say what is normal. Listen, let's just get away from all that because there is things that make sense and there are things that don't make sense. And sometimes we don't Mm -hmm. identify with the things that don't make sense because we live in it so much. We think it's normal, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. To To go to, like, our relationship and how we've been able to build on that, well, yeah, my mom had to go to therapy at some point, right? Because you can't really keep going in life without dealing with the grief of the loss of my father. Then my stepfather died of cancer. Mm. Then my grandmother died five months later. So you have... And then mm. she was caught up in the World Trade Center, you know, um, collapsing and being a part of that. And, then, you know, thank God she's alive and well with that. But that comes with trauma. Like, and people don't understand mm-hmm. that, like, falling down the stairs is trauma. Like anything that just upsets Absolutely. your nervous system and alters um the, your yeah, your behavior, you know, function mm-hmm. and and process things is a trauma. So um yeah, you know, it's important to to I guess start with identifying those things and and I want to say to the people listening, be get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, because mm-hmm. that's the only way you get you break through the things. Um so yeah go ahead
1: and, and I was about to say one other thing and, and it just kind of brought this memory is also being okay with being yeah. wrong Yeah. you know and I think as yeah. a parent right that's, that's one of the things where I, I that's my disclaimer right I can be absolutely wrong about this right I could be making the absolute wrong assessment or wrong judgment right but this is what I see right right, and and putting that put, it's okay for me to be wrong, right, so it's okay for you to be wrong, because, you know, I, just like you said, I'm a person, right, I'm your dad, but I'm a person at the end of the day, and like I said before, I came here with all of these different um, forms of trauma, I came here with, with, with learned behaviors that are not necessarily things that I want to keep on going or keep yeah. on promoting, so, being okay with being wrong, you know, and I think for me that's very important because it gives me grace yeah. right it allows me to operate in a place of grace to say you know what i'm a I'm a fuck up sometimes I'm gonna make some mistakes, this shit is not gonna be perfect I'm not always right you know and and starting from that baseline right, and I think once you start there opposed to all knowing and, and an authority figure and you know it it, it just promotes like a, a different experience you know what I'm saying it's like it's, it's super humbling for me because like I said my father right in terms of when I was a teenager I thought he was a horrible yeah. father right but I didn't even recognize right in terms of you talk about context right my father never had a, oh. he never had a father. He, he never had a mother, right? His mother abandoned him. His mother got um, um, pregnant when she was a teenager, yeah. right? So you talk about abandonment. She left to, to come to America and left him with, with, with mm. his grandmother and started, like, had more children before she sent for him. Right. So by the time he's coming to America, he's going to high ah, school. He's a right. teenager.
0: Right. So it's a huge disconnect. You understand what I'm saying?
1: So, what? It, we, we talk about trauma. Right. And I, I never understood that. I'm thinking, he's my dad. Like, how are you going to have a family if you're not ready to, right. to be a dad or have the tools to be a dad? Right. And not recognizing that my father, like him just being there every day and not skipping out was him being a right. great father right just being present because his father was never present so him being there right it's just like yo this is a, this is a win this is a success for me opposed to you know how am i doing emotionally or how am i doing you know what i'm saying um 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 psychologically or how am i doing spiritually where he he can't even fight that fight you know what I'm saying? Because for him being present was the right. fight he was fighting. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what, that's what I'm saying? Deep. That's deep. It's super deep, right? So when I recognized, oh shit, he's, he was there every day and it wasn't pleasant for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's being a, a great father. That's saying I'm a, regardless of whatever my words are or, or how I show um, affection or show love, this is the greatest form of love that I can give to you because this is what I have. You know what I'm saying? And I was looking for everything else that he didn't have. You understand what I'm saying? So when I got into the position and recognized that him just being there every day is what I seen and what I learned. And it was on, it was on me to say, you know what? I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm going to make sure that I'm there emotionally for my child i'm gonna make sure that i'm there and i'm and i am a a spiritual leader and i'm providing a a form of guidance to help him you know i'm saying like become the best man that he who he can become you know i'm saying so that was probably the greatest thing in terms of just you know grace and allowing myself to to have uh you know grace and 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 not you know, being hard on myself and not being, you know what I mean, like being forgiving of myself and knowing that I'm not perfect and, and not parenting from a perfect place, but parenting from a place of, I have this information, it may help you, it may not help you. It works for me, you know, and, and also just recognizing that that living is really what your children are going to learn from. What you do on a consistent basis is what they're going to take away from, you know, and, and really focusing on what are my consistent actions on a daily basis opposed to what am i telling you know what i'm saying it's like i know west indian culture it's a it's a saying it's it's um is do as i say not as i do you know and i always viewed that as being hypocritical because it's like don't don't tell me nothing if you ain't doing it you understand what i'm saying so once i was old enough to 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 do something different that was the choice that I made, you know what I mean? To to live in it, opposed to just say it.
0: Totally. It's so know? funny you say that because, um, not in, not in high school. I didn't live in Flatbush. I didn't live in East Flatbush. I didn't go to, to the sound clashes. I didn't, right? So, um, <laughs> having a discussion with a, a, a former classmate who, this was a couple of years ago, they were trying to, um, test my West Ending. Okay? Like, I okay. am a generation okay. West Indian because my grandmother came from Barbados, mm. bro. Like it's not like a second generation, you know. Like my mm-hmm. mom's, my uncles are the first, so it's not. But but we didn't live and take something in Wave Zone. We lived in Park Slope, right? <laughs> that's where my grandmother went school, right? Um, at PS three twenty one. So you know it, it, it's it's but that was a thing. Do as I say, not as I do. That was a thing. And then from the um, Black American perspective. Um, you know, so it's very interesting because black people are not monolithic, but at the end of the day, um, we do share some very similarities as to what we were told. And a lot of it also is really just based on trauma, because without getting it, without deferring off and getting into too much of this conversation, though, I do want to take a commercial break. Um, but before I get into that, I wanted to add to what you were saying about. That process of being wrong Um that I think that it, it that already comes from the fear of you know, maybe you don't feel as confident as being a parent, so the best thing you can do is just rev up this false image of who you may be. Mm-hmm. And I and mm, my mom necessarily is not, oh, it's not the easiest person to get, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, out of right because it may be just her Scorpio in her that she just feels like she's always correct, but it's really about learning to be comfortable with for in her case she wants to have the answers because she wants to be helpful right so she had to learn Mm -hmm. like well if i'm wrong i'm just wrong and i gotta own up to that right because it's not about the perfection and you seeing how great i am that's not important the facts are important not the not the image and how you Mm want to be portrayed and i remember growing up and always telling my mom like yo I totally love and respect you, but understand it's a title that you have because you birthed me. So mm-hmm. there's other things that come into play that parents um, or people should be more kind to themselves as a parent, you know, and and be transparent, mm-hmm. you know. I, throughout the years, just talking to other uh, other classmates that we've had throughout the years, and then and everyone is, you know, a parent at this point, but. I remember having certain conversations with certain people who they were just coming into parenthood and I would be like, oh, yeah, you know, don't forget to have this conversation. And they'd be like, what? No, I didn't have that conversation with my kid. You know, I'm like, huh? Oh, you better go. And then Mm -hmm. I just keep it to myself. Right. Because what happens when you don't have children, um, people.
1: You're not an expert, right? Because apparently (laughs) common sense is only exclusive Mm -hmm.
0: to if you actually birth something
1: childbirth <laughs> right there's
0: plenty mm-hmm. of parents who are stupid so th- that doesn't equate to anything like that but you do mm-hmm. have to mind your manners when you don't have children and understand the level of sensitivity that that parent may mm-hmm. have because that parent won't be transparent with you because you're not a parent so they can't talk to you about their insecurities and if you might point right. something out it, it, you know again it goes back to people being embarrassed but nobody's watching you know but right. to a commercial break though right, right mm-hmm. here and um, yeah. We'll, you know, we'll come back. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Whose podcast is this? That was part one, Family Affair, season two, episode five, with my guest, the wonderful Julian Vessa. I um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for part two and enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving Day. Peace. Whose podcast is this?